is the Peculiar Journeys Podcast. And welcome to episode 17 of Peculiar Journeys, Americans Escaping America. Um, Let's get the business out of the way. Um, If you want to give me some money, go to www.patreon.com slash peculiar journeys and become a regular regular patron of this podcast. It's a it's a cool little thing. And uh, I'd love it if you could if you got some extra if you got some extra dough, uh, throw me a couple. Um, Okay, so October 2nd, which is tonight, if you're catching this fresh off the podcast griddle the debut tonight is the debut of literate apes bug house uh bringing back american dialectic it's ten dollars it's the best show in chicago even though we're just doing it for the first time tonight if you miss it tonight that's fine we're going to do it the first monday of every month go to literateape.com slash events to check out what events we're doing there you go all right, so Dana and I headed to London. We decided to go to London for our third anniversary. And as I said on the last podcast, one of my goals was to get some stories recorded from some of the Brits and Scots for this podcast. Unfortunately, I did not. Now, there were a couple of reasons for this lack of effort. Number one, we were on vacation. I mean, you know, we were seeing sights and soaking in the city, and that was kind of the higher priority. So spending time kind of sitting down and waiting and finding someone to tell stories just was not uh, the highest priority in our a journey. Two, in order to get folks to tell stories on a microphone, you need to be present for a while. So you got to go to a pub or a, some restaurant or something, sit, drink for a while, connect with people. Dana and I were really more into hitting the pub, grabbing a pint, and then heading out again. So we really never really spent the time required to kind of ingratiate ourselves to the locals. And then three, my back gave out halfway through the trip. Uh, I had a... Apparently what happened was before we left for vacation, I work out quite a bit and I twinged my back. So I, I took it easy, but apparently I did not allow it to heal fully. We walked probably uh, the equivalent of 30 miles in the first three days that we were there. And the fourth day, we walked for about half the day, decided to come home and take a nap. And my back had a massive grand mal spasm, and I couldn't even get up. I couldn't even stand up for uh, the whole evening. Slept on the floor. Dana got me some medicine, and you know, I got some painkillers, and then and I slept with my, you know, slept on the floor with a pillow underneath my back with my legs elevated. Um, I, I, it got better. I managed to every day get up. Uh, put on my shoes, you know, take a shower, put on my shoes and walk for a while. But I was walking around like I was about a 95 year old man and I couldn't sit down for more than 15 seconds at a time because pain would shoot up and down my legs and my back. And it was just, it was agonizing. It was really uh, not a lot of fun. So with that in mind, I was probably not really in the mindset of, hey, let's go find somebody to talk to because all I had on my mind was, 
oh fuck this hurts and am i going to be able to fly on a 10-hour flight back and not want to die uh the funniest moment was about the third day i still couldn't sit down for more than 15 seconds ate something the night before serious intestinal distress downtown london and like london like any other major city there are no public toilets anywhere that i can find and so dana suggests that we go to a church so we go into a 500 year old church because all the churches in london are 500 years old and made of giant stone and go in there's a giant oak door behind it is a handicapped one holer i go in takes me 25 minutes of the most agonizing moments of trying to take a crap and then have to stand up about every 15 seconds because i'm an absolute agony not really in the mood to record stories. So that was kind of part of the London experience, and that's my best excuse, that I didn't get any good stories. There is a clip, and I'll play that clip toward the end, where I started to record. It was just Dana and I standing out in this uh, great place, and that was a lot of fun. Today's story, instead of coming from residents of the British Islands, um, are coming from a three-way conversation between myself Joe Janes and Andy Diamond, the writer-producer and the director, respectively, of Our Christian Nation, which was a broad satire that they took from Chicago to the Edinburgh Festival Fringe this past August. Set in a world where the far Christian right finally controls all the government, this is a dystopia of revisionist history, forced births, and homosexual retraining camps. So I, I knew that they'd gone to the UK, and Dana and I took a day trip to Edinburgh as well, which was possibly the best part of the trip. So I called them up and we decided to meet at a bar and I bought drinks. Now I'm going to caution you, the bar that Andy chose had a soundtrack going on and really nowhere to escape from it. Uh, so you're going to have a lot of music in the background, but I think you can understand everything we were saying. We joined the conversation in progress. Eleven adults in a twelve bunk room. Yeah. 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 Eleven <laughs> adults. I mean, we were the oldest. Mostly adults. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and I have never stayed in a hostel before, ever in my entire life. Oh. I've only seen horrible movies about them, <laughs> and and heard about people. Oh, I'm gonna go backpacking Europe and staying in hostels, or sometimes people stay. You know, I have students who stay in them here, but I and I always thought there must be an age limit on these things. No, anybody who needs a really cheap place to stay, which was us. Yeah. Because we had to take 11 people. So. 11 people in a, a room that, that uh, slept 12, all in bunk beds, and not a big room. Classic hostel. You know, a lot of people in, you know, too many people in all the rooms. Uh, uh, co-ed <laughs> bathrooms. That was the best part. Uh, all with stalls, but I would walk in and... Hi. There'd be a couple of women, and I'd just go into a stall and try not to make loud noises. <laughs> you know, and the three showers on the other side, so only three people could shower. There are different bathrooms throughout the hostel, but the one that was closest to us was like that. And it was it, tiny, tiny sinks, and the kind of water thing where you, you press the water and it runs for a little bit and then stops. Yeah, and, and those great like single heater, like each stall had its own water yeah. control and its own heat control, which is great. Except that in at least one of the bathrooms, like one of them just didn't was cold. 
Never worked. It. Never yeah. ever worked. So. But mostly, mostly it was fine. You know, it's just you just don't think about it a lot. You're only there to sleep and then get out. I mean, that's yeah. It really was just right? a, a a meat locker, <laughs> place to put your stuff and your body, and then get out of there as much as possible. Although I had to say that from the beginning to the end, like by the end, there would there would always be one bed that wasn't us, and we would feel very very bad right. for the person who had to come in there mm. and stay with us because who, who got the draw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they mostly avoided, I think. But a couple of times we know people they were just horrified. <laughs> <laughs> And by the end, by the end, our shit was piled so high oh everywhere. I was yeah. just like, you know, because we were trying to, at first, people, you know, you try to keep your stuff in a little controlled area. After a while, it's like, it's just us. Who cares? Everyone's doing the same thing. But whoever that one guy was, and it was a guy by the end. I think once there was a woman. But There's one woman, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's got a little, he's got his bed, basically, and we're trying not to put any shit on his bed. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> and, and trying to be really quiet. The thing was, we had a late night show. Oh, yeah. So the earliest we're coming in is 2 a.m. And even if you are quiet as a mouse, there are 11 of us yeah. coming in and getting ready for bed. So 2 o'clock, that person was up 2, 3 o'clock, no matter what, because we were coming in. So you're the definition of the ugly Americans. Well, no, just mildly unattractive maybe. But, I mean, it's just really, uh, I mean, we weren't loud. We just inconvenient, I think. Yes, and that was through both of our own. Things that it, that happened to Dana and I, we, uh, we were walking through Kensington Gardens in Hyde Park. You know, it's a big London thing. And, and, and well, I mean, the thing about it is Dana doesn't like anything touristy, and that's all I fucking like. <laughs> so we, in deference to my wife, got a goddamn tour of every park in fucking London. We walked every park because it's free and not touristy. So, and, and I didn't want to give her the impression that I didn't enjoy myself. There's a lot of goddamn parks. Um, it was an anniversary trip, wasn't it? Yeah, it was our third anniversary. Oh, yeah, yeah so. third anniversary. <laughs> Me, she did, I have to give her credit, she did right out of the gate. I mean, the first day we were actually, not the first night, but the first day we were actually, first thing we did was go to Madame Tussauds London. <laughs> Why? Because that's my jam. Wax museums, I love that shit. She was not into it. She got into it eventually. I got the best picture of her grabbing Donald Trump's crotch Saw and flipping picture. him on. Yeah, you know. So, but so while we're walking, we're walking in, in uh, Kensington Gardens, and we're just walking. I mean, we're just looking at the. the and, and what's nice is all the, the the huge gardens and parks have you know random, amazing like artwork everywhere. And so we're walking through, and all of a sudden we're talking. This guy who uh, he said he was Persian, which was odd in my opinion, but he had a British accent. Um, comes up, he goes, "Where are you from?" Yeah, I'm not going to even try to do the accent. <laughs> I, I, I know, I don't do accents. I thought I was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing about it is, that's my problem. Is any accent I try to do always kind of sounds Scottish. It's just I can't do accents and never have been. So it's not my ear. Anyway, the guy's like, "Oh, where are you from?" And so we're from Chicago. I love Chicago. And he thinks he's going to ingratiate himself to us by telling how, telling us how much he loves Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. And what a 
great genius he is. Oh, and Dana and I are trying to be nice because we're at a park and this is a you know British native and and you know and, he, and he's really chatting us up and he really wants to talk about what a genius like. It's almost like he wants to convince convince us that Donald Trump is actually a genius. And I conceded the fact that well, if it comes to branding his name and not actually creating anything for his wealth, <laughs> if that makes him a genius, then I'll give you that. But as a leader, um, I'm not going to go that far, you know. And I'm trying to be nice without, you know, getting up in his ass. Anyway, he's carrying this book. It's from MTV to Mecca. And it's a book that a woman wrote. She was an MTV executive. And she ended up becoming Muslim. And that's what this book is. But he keeps insisting that this is his girlfriend. But it's a brand new book. It's the only thing he's carrying. Dana says, can I see it? It's not signed. And it doesn't even look like it's been read. I mean, it, it it's a brand new fucking book, right? And I'm starting to get the... Nah, I don't know about this, you know. I mean, he's nice, <laughs> and for the and, and in terms of the getting stories from for peculiar journeys, Danny even looks at me at one point. This guy just keeps talking about, you know, and he keeps talking in what I would consider Trumpian sort of uh, braggadocio. It's like he knows a cancer doctor who is the best cancer doctor uh, in ever. the world, and he was just at a party with all of the national United Kingdom royalty. And but he came back from the party with just this book. It's all these guys. This fucking book that doesn't look like it's been read, but it's got his girlfriend in it. Yeah. And Danny even goes. She goes. Do you think this is a peculiar? I went no. Because <laughs> he didn't know what was going on. I was like, no, 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 no. Because I'm getting the vibe. I told Danny later on. I've watched enough Better Call Saul to kind of understand to see the flim flam when it's coming. And sure enough, we start getting. We get to. Uh, there's this little Hyde Park uh, cafe. He goes. He said, "Let me buy you a coffee." And I said, "No, I think you know, we've got stuff to do. We really didn't have fuck all to do." It's like we got stuff to do. He goes, "It's the best coffee in London." <laughs> I think we're all right. We're good. He tries a couple more times. And finally, we break away. He, he he says, "Let me give you my information." I said, "Do you have a card?" And he doesn't have a card, even though he's high finances. He does tell me that his father said, "Where there is a contact, there is a contract." He says, "Let." He says, "Give me your phone, and I'll put my information in it." Your phone. So I did. Oh, really? <laughs> I put it. I opened it up on the notes app, and I handed it to him, and I watched him like a hawk. And he, you could run him down. Oh, I know if he, I mean, if he, if he fucking like started, did anything other than type shit in my notes, I was gonna take my phone back. And uh, and Data's watching, and he types it in, and it took him a long time to type it in. His name is really long. Um, I still have it. He had to remember how to. Spell. But uh, but then and then we split off, and Dana was like, "Yeah, what do you think?" I said, "I said I think if we'd sat down with coffee from him, somewhere along that line, a friend of his would have shown up, and the game of separating us." from our money would have been afoot. Well, you know, we were we were hawking a show that was obviously American, and so, for me, anyway, all, all my experiences were, yes, you're obviously American. But I think that, uh, 
and I didn't have the Trump experience, the Trump is a genius experience, the... the Robin did. Robin did? Yeah, yeah somebody did, wearing, yeah. Wearing, wearing a, a MAGA hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for me, I was hawking the show, you know, because it was our Christian nation, which is very about the what if, if all the people of the far right evangelicals got everything. And people were, I mean, the best part was people sometimes going, are you kidding? Are you joking? And I'm like, yes, it's a satire. Yes, it's comedy. So there was a lot of that. People being wondering if we were really being sincere about being like ridiculously Christian. We said no. But I was saying things like, you know, come and make fun of us, you know, with us instead of behind our backs. And people were, because I know you do it, and people would stop. You know, people would definitely stop. And In agreement. In agreement. And I often go, what the heck is happening over there? You know, we had a lot of that. A lot of, are you, you're kidding me, right? This is not, you guys are going to get rid of me. I'm like, I'm like, nobody I know got him in to begin with. You know, we had a lot of those conversations about how, like, all the crazy that's happening. So that, I wasn't surprised at all. I had somebody invite me to come and, like, I, we talked a lot about um, emigrating. Like, I did ask people what they thought about whether I could get political asylum. <laughs> you know? I did get one invitation to stay at someone's house. You know? I was like, well, if you want to come and move in, I'm like, yeah, you know, if I could, I would. Because a lot of extra crazy was happening in that last weekend. That Charles will happen in that last weekend, like right when we left. So yeah, there was a lot of a lot of nuts, nutty stuff happening. But I got a lot of support for and pity. I think for our Americanists. We did. Yeah. Uh, one thing that happened to me uh, uh, is more of an observational thing is that I got to the theater a little bit early and there were police there and uh, some of the staff were like, Joe, get out of there, get out of there. Like, you know, like the lobby was a dangerous place. Like, so what I had just missed was two guys having a fight. They were drunk out on the street and it spilled into the theater and it spilled into the lobby. It was like the, this, the, these drunk, two drunk Scottish guys. And what was fascinating to me is that the police were there, there were two guys talking to one guy, and two other guys talking to another guy, and nobody had a gun drawn, nobody was yelling, nobody was threatening anybody, uh, there were no tasers being brought out, it was just like quietly talking to the drunk guy, making him sit down, it was like so, so peacefully resolved, and they ended up putting one of them in the back of the patrol car, he, he resisted a little bit, but he got in. And I was just like, wow, man, this was in Chicago. This would have been, one, it wouldn't have lasted 45 minutes. It would have been done in five minutes. But also, it would have been ugly. And like, I thought, wow, this is fascinating. No guns. They're, they're not wearing guns. There's no guns involved. Yeah. Long conversation. Long conversation. Long conversation with the guys. Yeah. yeah. Those are the stories for this episode. Now, next, I promised a brief clip. It was from the Covent Gardens Market. Now, the thing about it is in London, they have a lot of these open-air markets all over the place, just like the gardens and the parks. They have these Covent these have One of them is Covent Gardens. And Dana and I did, in fact, show up. And I carried my microphone everywhere we went, even though I didn't use it. But at one point... I decided maybe I kind of jumpstart my thing and do a little on the ground in London narration. Uh, this was the afternoon just before my back turned to complete aging agony. But here is just a little snippet of Dana and I at Covent Gardens. All 
right, we are here in Covent Gardens in Soho in London, England. Um, and there is a, a beautiful black woman in the middle of the thing playing a... She's got like a little boom box that's actually pretty loud and she's singing opera sort of in this area where people are just dining. We just came from the Sir John Soane's house, which was basically an architectural hoarder <laughs> of... They, they, they called his house a cabinet of curiosities and it was, it was just filled everything from an Egyptian sarcophagus to a million paintings to architectural, what you call it? Architectural ephemera. And uh, I just decided that this would be a good uh, piece. I don't know if we'll use this, but I just think it's wonderful and, uh, and it's raining and uh, we are discovering uh, London. So there you go. Anything to say? All right, she has nothing to say. Except we're going into that tobacco shop right there. We're going to go into that tobacco shop, she says. Because we're outside of the crusting pipe restaurant and wine bar. This <laughs> is where everyone's sitting to observe the arias. There you go. It's quite beautiful. It is beautiful. It really was beautiful. There's so many amazing places. I, I wrote this, and if you go to the show notes, you'll see. Uh, there are a lot of things that I loved about London. The city itself, it feels so much like New York City about 200 years from now. After the empire has fall, the center of the universe that is no longer the center of the universe, but wants to remind you that it used to be and it still could be. That's kind of the feeling. It's trying a little too hard, I think. But there were so many wonderful things about London. Some of my favorite parts included all the parks I bitched about earlier. I mean, I complain about that, but the fact is walking through the parks with Dana was amazing and some of the most beautiful artwork I've ever seen, Some, especially Hyde Park and Kensington Gardens, just some great stuff. Dana went to Madame Tussauds Wax Museum because I have a thing about wax museums. One of these days, maybe I'll tell you the story, the many stories of the many wax museums. I will just tell you that if you're in Manitou Springs in Colorado and you go to the Buffalo Bill Wax Museum, it is hands down the worst wax museum in all of North America. But it's still kitschy fun, and I still love that stuff. And one of the best is the Hall of Presidents Wax Museum. I think that's in Colorado Springs, but it's pretty amazing. I just love them. It's just one of the things. But mostly, my favorite thing was just being 6,000 miles away from home with Dana. We really had a lovely anniversary meal at a pub that was just walking distance from our hotel, and we dressed up, and we she got a flower. I went I went to Paddington Station and, and got her a flower, and we went, and we had drinks, and we had food, and we met a woman, speaking of Colorado, uh, a woman who is an expatriate who was uh, actually a dual citizen, who was our bartender, and she was really nice. And then the day trip to Edinburgh was like, the, one of the things that Dana said consistently she loved Paris a couple years ago for our first anniversary we went to Paris and she just felt a kinship with that city 
the day trip to Edinburgh was sort of like sharing my version of Paris with her because I really feel a genuine kinship to Edinburgh, Scotland. I don't know why, but it's one of the few places in the world where I go and I wish I'd been born there. It's just a wonderful place. So at the end of it, Dana and I love traveling together and the fabric of those stories are going to last the rest of our lives. Henry Rollins has said that you need to get out of the country to really appreciate your place in the world, and I agree. I know that travel can be pricey, but the experience is going to last your lifetime, and that's so much better than laying on your deathbed being pleased at all the bills you paid on time and the clothes you bought that you can't wear anymore. So if you can figure out how to get out of the country, see the world, see the people in the world, it is absolutely a great way of seeing who we are, who America is in sort of the greater fabric of the world, uh, see how people see us, get a little perspective. That's what I suggest. And that is episode 17. Check out the show notes at literateape.com for links to my piece about the trip, some pictures, um, some, gen- some general London and Edinburgh stuff on there, as well as links to both Joe and Andy. Big thanks to Joe Janes and Andy Diamond for sharing a few moments for the podcast, to Dana for being the best travel companion anyone could ask for, and to you for sitting down and listening. You can subscribe to Peculiar Journeys at iTunes. You can find it at uh, SoundCloud. Go on, write me an iTunes review, tell your friends and neighbors. Patreon subscribers will get another bit of Joe's experience 22 years ago when he went to Edinburgh with me with the Scottish healthcare system and as always some storytelling tip videos from my master class, The Woodshed, which starts up again on October 16th in Chicago. You can check out info for that at literateape.com slash workshops. With that in mind, have a great couple of weeks, tell some stories, listen to some stories, and And I'll see you in two weeks.